BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everybody, welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fan Slide It. I'm your host, Cody Schultz, and today I'm joined by my frequent, I want to say almost co-host at this point, <laughs> um, host of the CW Spiral and Netflix Life editor, Reed Cowdens. Reed, welcome back. I'm happy to be here for the last episode of the year. I know, and we've got a pretty big and exciting month coming this this December. There's a lot of good shows coming, a lot that we're very excited to talk about. I know a few of our favorites are back in December, and I'm very, very eager to dive in and talk about some of the ones that we're recommending everyone check out this December because there's some really good ones to tap off the the end of the year. Some big ones. Yeah, so before we get into our list of the the eight must-see titles, we'll do a quick recap of every Netflix show and movie coming in December 2022. So if you're looking for something new, here are some shows you can check out. We've got Firefly Lane Season 2 Part 1, My My Unorthodox Life Season 2, too Hot to Handle Season 4, Dream Home Makeover Season 4, Dance Monster Season 1, Paradise PD Part 4, The Recruit Season 1, Emily in Paris Season 3, Alice in Borderland Season 2, The Witcher Blood Origin Season 1, Treason Season 1, The, C- uh, the Circle Season 5, Chicago Party Ant Part 2, Who Killed Santa? A Murderville Mystery, My Next Guest with David Letterman, Lady Chatterley's Lover, Scrooge, A Christmas Carol, Pinocchio, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Glass Onion, A a Knife's Out Mystery, Matilda the Musical, and White Noise. Um, Now, as a reminder, these are just the Netflix movies and shows coming in December. There are also a handful of comedy specials, documentaries, and Netflix family editions that are, as well as some acquired titles, but those are the new Netflix originals coming. There's a lot of really great ones coming in December. I know there's a few we're, we're definitely more excited about than some of the others. No no shade intended for those ones, but I, I know a few of our favorites are coming back in December. So before we get into our full discussion, would you like to break down our can't miss titles of December? Yeah, let's do it. So here are the the ones that you just can't miss. Firefly Lane, Season 2, Part 1, Too Hot to Handle, Season 4, The Recruit, Season 1, Emily in Paris, Season 3, Treason, Season 1, Circle Season 5, Pinocchio, and Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. 
All right, I'm trying to figure out which show we should start with because there's definitely a few. I feel like let's start with Firefine Lane because I know that's one that you're really looking forward to this month. Um, I still keep forgetting that they're breaking this one down into two parts for some reason. I don't know why uh, because Netflix has kind of groomed us into to expecting some of these batches with some of their big shows lately. But for some reason, I keep forgetting this is one that they're doing a split season. It's an odd split, and it kind of made sense when they announced it, why it took so long for filming and why it took so long to get here, because it's a 16-episode season, but they're splitting it not down the middle. It's nine in December and then seven some other time in 2023. I kind of wish they would have just done eight and eight and called it seasons two and three, and we would have had a trilogy. But, you know, um, you can't be picky. At least we got anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting with some of these ones because I feel like I have the same stance with like Manifest. I don't know why they didn't call it season four and season five and do 10 and 10 uh, because these are like eight and 10 episodes. Those are standard like Netflix orders. So they could have easily made it seem like they ordered additional seasons. I always wonder if it's because of like legalities, like if they build it as two separate seasons, if it would complicate like the cast deals. And that's why they have to do it as like one long season, but in parts. Interesting. I did not even think about that. That could be it. <laughs> that's that's really the only thing I can think of because otherwise they could easily bill some of these as like multiple seasons and hype up the fans of like, well, hey, you got three seasons of this show instead of one season and two part season. It just gets so confusing when everything's like part one, part two. And like, I know a lot of people can't relate to this, but like for SEO, it's like really annoying to have to put part <laughs> one, part two and everything and like not know what to call anything. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like some shows are better split. Um, some it's just like it's easier just to sit down and watch the full season at once. Um, and some of the splits have definitely been interesting with some of these recent ones. I mean, we saw it with Stranger Things. They did the seven and two, which granted the last two episodes alone were like two and a half hours combined. But it's still like is weird to see them splitting with like these non-traditional half and half kind of numbers like we've seen them do in the past, like nine and seven. You could have easily done, like you said, eight and eight. And so... It's definitely interesting, but one thing, too, to mention with Firefly Lane is season two is its final season, correct? Yes, it is. That's another thing that I'm like, ah, just make it two. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always interesting when a show ends with, like, two seasons, um, because you're I'm so used to seeing shows go on, like, so long. But on the flip side, it's nice when a show gets, like, some kind of conclusion. Yeah, I know there are two books that it's based on, so maybe that plays into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, this season's going to be really good for fans. I'm a new fan. Like, I meant to watch it when it came out in 2021. I just never didn't get around to it. Um, but I'm glad that I did catch up because it's a, it's such a fun show to binge, even though it can get kind of, there's heavier themes. Um, and the way that I would pitch it, I know I pitched it to you like this, Cody, because I know your your tastes and I know what would intrigue you. It reminds me of like Sweet Magnolias, that like strong female friendship theme. And then also This Is Us with like the generation hopping and flashbacks and you're like piecing together like, oh, why are these characters like this? What influenced and um, sort of built who they become? Uh, and in the final season, it all, it comes together even better than in season one. And the performances like, Catherine Heigl is so good. I know you like her from Grey's. I don't know if you actually like her, but I know that you like Grey's. So you're familiar with her work. <laughs> but she is so good in this role. And it, season two is a really, um, really big season. And I hope more new 
uh, viewers check it out like I did because it's it's sort of like it's I know it's a little bit popular. It has a following, but it seems like a hidden a hidden gem that flies under the radar. Yeah, I do like Katherine Heigl. Um, it started, of course, with Grey's, but then I followed with some of like the, the rom-coms she did after she left Grey's. And um, of course, she was great in Suits, too, the final two seasons of that, which oh, I forgot was you definitely loved different. Yeah, I love Suits. And she was I loved her character so much. She was such a fun character. That's what made saying goodbye to the show when it ended, because they just brought in hers. And then Dulé Hill came in and played a different character. And like they brought in two more really fun characters. Like, oh, I don't want to see the show end now because I want more of these characters um but yeah this was one i i honestly meant to watch it when it debuted but then it kind of slipped through the cracks for me too and now i'm like hmm do i wait until part two of the final season arrives or do i dive in i don't know i mean i know i watched season one right into season two and it even though it kind of blurred together (laughs) um it was a really it's a really rewarding binge watch because it's like you get that immediate uh satisfaction um but yeah, I would suggest anybody like whether you binge it before part two comes out or before part one or I don't know. I just think it's a really great, a really great show that more people should be watching. Yeah. Well, speaking of great shows, more people should be watching. <laughs> I feel like we can just pivot right into our girl, Emily, which I know is one that we're both very excited for. Season three, of course, comes December 21st, which is giving it that pre-Christmas drop again, um, which I really I like that Netflix is kind of consistent with its release. And that we kind of keep getting the seasons around like December, right before the holidays. And I feel like it's a perfect, perfect watch. Not that it's like Christmas themed or anything like that. It definitely doesn't give you like Christmas vibes necessarily. It's just one of those fun, like light shows that you can watch and just really enjoy doing a binge of during the holidays. I wish they would do a Christmas episode or a Christmas movie. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, they've got the perfect backdrop. I mean, Christmas in Paris would be a really, really nice setting. I mean, even if it's, I'm, now I'm giving away too many ideas. I always do this on podcasts, but like (laughs) not even just an episode. Give me a, give us a whole Emily in Paris Christmas movie. That would be, I wish they would do that more often. Like they have these franchises, like do a spin on, like do some movies because we've seen like Hallmark does it. They do, I mean, they, they had like their Good Witch series and When Calls the Heart and they would do like the actual seasons. But then around the holidays, they would do Good Witch, of course, did a Halloween movie and then when Calls the Heart would do like a two-hour Christmas movie special kind of thing. And it kind of was connected to the seasons, but it was almost like a standalone of just like a fun little story that was set around the holidays. And they're really fun. And I wish Netflix would do that with some of their properties because there's so many that the timing never seems to align around the holidays. Like we, the time, like Virgin River, time moves so slow there. That I don't know that we'll ever see December reach that, that town. <laughs> and it just would be nice to see like some of these shows get like some kind of holiday thing because... When you think of broadcast TV, there's so many shows that are known for their iconic holiday episodes, but Netflix doesn't usually get the chance to do that because of just usually the pacing and how their seasons are presented. Mm-hmm. The last Netflix show that I can think of that had a Christmas episode was Blockbuster. That was the season finale. It was Christmas. I don't know how many people, was it Christmas or was it New Year's Eve? They definitely celebrated Christmas in Blockbuster. <laughs> But not many Netflix shows do that. And I I know we grew up in an era where there were like random TV movies for TV shows. Like, do you remember when Sabrina the Teenage Witch, she like went down under? I think she went to like Australia. That was like a standalone movie that was never mm-hmm. like canon in the show, I don't think. And there was another one that I can't remember for Sabrina. Did she go to Italy? I don't know. Maybe. Neither here nor there. <laughs> but I think 
they should do it for Emily. Like, we haven't met her family. What if she went home for Christmas or they came to Paris? I mean, it's right there. Yeah, it's 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 definitely one I'd love to see it. But looking at season three, we just got our, our full official trailer. Um, and it looks so good. I have to say, it like... It looks like the best one yet. It really does. Like, this one, you can tell they're definitely getting ready to lean heavy into that love triangle, which... I'm. I know we're both on the opposite ends of the the spectrum there. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I need the. I need it to happen. Her and Gabrielle. I need it to happen. They've been. I. I know that's the end game, right? Like that has to be the end game. But like they can't keep like teasing us with it. It needs. We need to get a little a better taste of it than we have yet. And it seems like we might. Like he like drunkenly tells her that. She changed his life. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard um, when you see, because, yeah, it's, I I love the character Alfie. And so, but you kind of know with a show like this that they're, they're not endgame. Like, I, I would be shocked if, if they made them endgame. I feel like it's just something you see so often with TV shows is they bring in somebody, they're together for a while, but then they ultimately end up with the person that they introduced in season one that you kind of knew they were always going to eventually get with. Um, so it's kind of like you're just watching a train wreck, like waiting to happen. It's like, you know, it's not going to end well. It's just a matter of when will it end and what would that mean for the character? Selfishly, I don't want it to end in season three because I want Alfie back for season four. Um, but I guess we'll see. But I think what I just really liked most is I don't know, there was just something about the trailer that really just kind of reminded me more of season one and like the like the way Emily's going to be juggling like these two sides because she hasn't picked where she's landing like officially yet and kind of just getting back into that. I enjoyed season two, but not as much as season one um, in some aspects. Like there were some things that I just I, well, I guess I should say I don't like the friend, the what's her name, <laughs> the champagne girl. <laughs> Wait, the French one? Not Emily's, not her roommate. No. The oh, one that Gabriel's with. Camille, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of her, and we got too much <laughs> season two for me. I know. She, I don't want to blame her, but like, she ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love, it her just was... Love her to death. Great actress. Intriguing character, but she. she ugh. It was a yeah. mess. <laughs> Even her revenge story, like, I thought was going to be better. Like, I don't know. It was just something. The letter I'm... scene, though, did make me laugh. I remember she that. Did... Too I mean, she could still get her revenge this season, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm also, it does look like we're going to get more of Kate Walsh, too, this season, which is exciting. Yeah. Because I love Kate Walsh, of course, <laughs> the Grey's Anatomy tie, but she's just amazing in everything she does. And it looks like we're going to finally get to see more of Madeline this season. And... I think she'll have the baby, which Virgin River takes some notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but definitely, I think Emily in Paris is going to be a big one to watch this this December. Um, and definitely a fun one to watch. And the nice thing, too, is if you haven't watched Emily in Paris yet, it's a comedy. So its episodes are shorter, which makes it very easy to binge. And it's such an easy binge watch because it's just such a fun show. Yeah, you can power through season one and two in like a weekend. Yeah, definitely. Which I probably um, will be doing before season three. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like I always need like some refresh. It's funny. Like I retain so much with like Emily in Paris. Uh, there's other shows that like I forget things. But with this one, it's I guess it shows how much I really do like love it, even if I don't I always 
admitted like subconsciously because I can remember so many more plot lines in this show than I can remember some other shows that I've watched this year where I had to kind of like go back and be like, wait, what happened? Um, and granted, it might just be that it does release. We, we haven't had a big break between its seasons yet. So maybe that does help. But it's just such a fun show. I'm really excited to see it come back. And I, I'm I'm starting to get a little anxious. I hope we don't get like news that season four will be its last. I hope it I goes on beyond season four. <laughs> I will be devastated. <laughs> I know it always makes me anxious when we do like the multi-season renewals because we've seen that happen where like a show will be renewed for twice, you know, two seasons and then they don't say anything. And then all of a sudden when they start promoting like the second season of The Order, we get like a bombshell that, oh, this was it. And I'm like, I don't want the show to end with four seasons. It could easily go on beyond that. Yeah, it's definitely scary. I hope at the very least they get season five because I... I think it deserves that much. I mean, they can keep it going. I've said before, he kept younger going, Darren Star, for seven seasons, and that was the love triangle that <laughs> lasted <laughs> for an entire series. So I think they can do it with Emily. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So fingers crossed. We It's just kind of, it is nice knowing there is another season coming, so we won't have to be in the waiting game after the season ends of if it has like a big cliffhanger again of being like, oh, is it going to get renewed and kind of waiting? That's kind of the nice thing going into the season. Um, speaking of shows that uh, are new, though, um, and are are going to be limited, um, I think one that I'm excited for is Treason, which is, it's billed as a limited series, so we'll see what that means, because limited series is such a, a general term now of, of shows. Sometimes it means it's just one off. It tells the beginning, middle, and end in one season. Others, they kind of come back for second and third season. So we'll see. But it comes December 26. Um, this one I'm most, I have to say, I'm most excited just because it's got Charlie Cox, who uh, I loved in Daredevil. Um, I think it's he's such a great actor, and I'm really intrigued to see what they do with this show. Um, for those who aren't aware of what Treason is, um, Charlie Cox stars as an MI6 agent named Adam Lawrence, who um, whose career kind of seems set, but then... His past catches up with them, and of course, uh, this comes in the form of, like, I think a former flame um, named Kara, who's a Russian spy. And so it's kind of that unwinding of these political intrigue and all that, which I love spy dramas and all that, you know, good stuff. I don't know how to best describe <laughs> it. It's complicated when you get spies involved because there's all the espionage and stuff that I can't necessarily describe, like... In, in detail like some of those different things but there's kind of that love triangle angle it seems like in there because there's the relationships between Adam and then the Russian spy is named Kara um, or maybe it's Kara it's always hard with those ones when you don't know the character beforehand yeah <laughs> um, but honestly I'm just gonna watch because of Charlie Cox and it'll be really interesting to see him back on Netflix after how Daredevil kind of ended poorly for him on there 
Although it worked out in the end with Marvel, but not so yeah. well with Netflix. <laughs> I think Treason's a short one too, right? I only yeah, I think f- it's only like, I want to say six episodes, maybe. Yeah, six, that sounds right. Six to eight, maybe. Um, which makes me, it does make me think that hopefully it does tell a complete story. Um, now watch if I like watch it and then I, I want more seasons, I'll be having to walk back my comments, but yeah, I maybe love it, a good limited Maybe they series. make it like an anthology or something. They don't See, do that's that what enough. I miss. It's, yeah, we don't, we get like limited series and it's like, you, there's so many shows that could work so well as an anthology where you can keep the same show going, but bring in new characters and kind of keep it in the, the same, I, I think there's so many shows too that have tried to like build themselves as anthologies and then walked it back. Cause I know Scream Queens was very heavily touted as it's going to be an anthology show where have like new characters each season. And then, um, Ryan Murphy, the only thing they did was change the setting. (laughs) Exactly. It was so weird. Cause he, what my biggest beef with Ryan Murphy at that point was he kept like staying like only four characters are going to live. So like every episode you're like, okay, wait, the body count's going to have to start rising. And then like everybody lives because he did a second season where they all came back and just, suddenly we're doctors in a hospital and just yeah I it made the no problem sense is, the problem is sometimes they're like oh fans really like this cast i really like this cast they're really good we should keep them and it's like well that's not always the case like look at the white lotus like they kept one character from the first season and that's they kept it in anthology pretty much because you don't have to watch season one to understand why that character is still there like you it's standalone um and I think that's a really good example of like a modern anthology, no matter what you think about The White Lotus. Um, I know there's conflicting opinions on it, but it's a really good example of a of having like this general theme, this like title that can be anything, and then just like cycling through seasons. Because at the end of the day, you could have brought the whole cast back, but it would have been not as good. And we don't really need anything more from those characters. So it makes sense to bring in a whole new cast for people to start liking those characters. And then the more seasons you keep bringing in more characters and more actors that people love, can't go wrong. Yeah, and I think I that just makes me remember, I feel like Netflix had the perfect, perfect anthology opportunity this year. And it's kind of gone quiet with the woman in the... You know, I always mess up it. the thing. The woman in yeah, the we... house across the street. I, I never can say its title. The woman... In the house across the street from the girl in the window. <laughs> yeah, you know, I we think talk about I, this one all the time. <laughs> I it was such. I mean, it was when I first started. I didn't know. I remember like watching the first episode. I'm like, I don't know what to make of this. And then as I continued watching it, it just became such like you had to know. Like it was, it wasn't meant to be. Like it was kind of like a comedy um, spoof of like these different kind of movies and some of the different stuff. But it was such a fun watch. And then the ending, where they had. Um, spoiler alert, Glenn Close up here on like the plane. I was like ready for the woman in the plane across the seat. And, yeah. the stuff. <laughs> and it's been crickets. And I'm like, that would have been such a fun one where we keep the same character, Kristen Bell's character. And now she has like this new mystery to kind of put together and solve. And it just would have been such a fun one. So maybe they'll surprise us and it'll be one of those shows that just comes back without any real announcement. Like suddenly they just start promoting a second season that we didn't even know was happening. But that one would have been a really fun anthology, I think. Yeah, I hope they bring it back. That'd be fun. Um, and I guess just pivoting real quickly into another government agent series that's coming and is uh, The Recruit Season 1, which is based on uh, a lawyer at the CIA who becomes embellished 
in the dangerous international power politics when a former asset threatens to expose the nature of her long-term relationship with the agency. Um, this stars Noah Centineo, who, of course, was a Netflix favorite. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen him in a Netflix title because there for a while, like, I felt like we were getting a new Noah Centineo rom-com on Netflix like every few mm. months. Um, I'm really interested in this one, A, because I do like Noah Centineo, um, but it's kind of different than what we've seen him do on Netflix, at least in the past. Um, there is the comedy like we've seen with like the trailers and all that, but this is more of a dramatic show. And so it'll be interesting and definitely an action show, not, definitely not necessarily your like rom-com. I think there will be the romantic elements in there, but very more action forward with this one. I kind of worry about the, the release date being so late in the year, because I know this could be like a big hit that people, um, watch later on. It would have been nice for it to come out in like October and then people would be able to keep discovering it throughout the holiday season. So I, I worry about it being buried so late in the year, but I think if anybody can pull it off, it's Noah, like people will tune in just for him. So it could, I think it'll be a big hit. But is this one, this is a show show, right? It's not a limited series. I can never tell with some of the new shows what they, what their intentions are. So it's being billed, yeah, it's just as a show show. So there does seem to be potential for a second season. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they go, if this is one of those shows that like swing for the fences and ends with a big cliffhanger, or if it ends up being like a show that does kind of tie things up a little bit. And then if there is a second season kind of has like the little, the unresolved mysteries, but not necessarily like a big cliffhanger where you're like, oh man, I need a second season. Yeah. Maybe like the Lincoln lawyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like that was a perfect example. And I'm so glad that one got a second season because I love that show. Uh, I keep waiting. I, that'll be at the top of my watch list in 2023 when we get the next season. Same. But yeah, I think it'll be a good one. The release date is weird. Like it's kind of right in the middle of the month. So I feel like even if they wanted to give it a good boost, they could have held it maybe even to the end of the month and done like the holiday weekend. Um, instead, I know they're dropping The Witcher Blood Origin um, right around Christmas Day, which makes sense we've seen the witcher has always kind of traditionally been a, a christmas release um so keep that franchise kind of tie there going i'm not a witcher fan um i just struggle with fantasy in general it's nothing against the witcher it's just that genre <laughs> is one that um i just struggle to get into as much as some of the other ones but i think it'll it'll have potential i think what's going to be interesting to see is what like the fans who are used to seeing like noah centineo pop up on their netflix feed what their thoughts are going to be because I feel like they're so often they're used to like oh they see his you know face on a poster and they're like oh rom-com and so they go and watch it and this is definitely more action heavy so it'll be interesting to see if they stick around after like they put it on it's like oh this isn't like a rom-com this is an actual show and an action show and he's playing a very different role than we've seen in the past this is like reverse Jennifer Garner Jennifer Garner did alias which kind of reminds me of the recruit like CIA spy stuff action and then she went on to do a bunch of romantic comedies and Noah like did a bunch of romantic comedies <laughs> and is now doing a spy show. Um, I, I think both paths could work for both of them. I never would have imagined when we started recording this that I would make a connection between Noah Centineo and Jennifer Garner. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's a perfect like they do. You see the parallels there between the two. Like you said, it really is like just reverse like the course. Um, I hadn't even thought of that before you said it just now. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'll be a fun one to watch. And then I'm also really excited for, there's some good reality shows, which I have to say, I'm very surprised. We got the announcement that Too Hot to Handle Season 4 was coming, and I thought, 
this is it. I'm waiting until 2023 for the next season of The Circle, which is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, they snuck it in at the very end of the year. Um, I'm I know why they did it, because they like releasing their reality shows. It feels like on Wednesdays. Um, But I feel like this is one that they could have made almost like their New Year's Eve drop, because they usually tend to have like a New Year's Eve or New Year's Day drop. Um, And it's coming December 28th. Now, with both Two Out to Handle and The Circle, we're getting the new episodes weekly kind of batch. We don't know how they're dropping them just yet. Like if it's going to be, I think we did four episode batches in the previous two seasons. um, And then like the finale dropped on its own like week. Um, But I don't think they've confirmed how those two seasons are going to drop. But I love The Circle is is one of my favorites. It kind of it always gives me like Big Brother vibes in a way of just like the, the competition of like having to form alliances and kind of make those connections. This season, I will say for those uh, fellow fans, should be interesting because they're billing this one as the circle um, singles. So it seems like they're going to have everybody, you know, entering it won't be in a relationship. So I feel like that's going to create the vibe for more catfishing, Um, (laughs) which I love the catfishing. I always love like, especially when you've got like the players playing like the opposite gender, like trying to get in the head of their their character on the show and like have to keep their story straight. Um, I do hope that we see a change though to how they pick the winner because I think as this, the show's going on, like people have seen the show now, so they're getting more strategic. And I think it makes it harder for the players who are playing the best games to win at the end just because people know, oh, I need to rank them lower in the final vote because they'll win otherwise. And I think it's, I really hope they have a change because I think. Some of the best players last season were fourth and fifth place because everyone's like, oh, we have to rank them low because they'll be at the top of everyone's leaderboard. And so I really hope they change that format maybe this season. But either way, I know I'll be hooked and watching. You've been waiting so long for this show to come back. (laughs) I have because we did two cycles last year. They did season two and season three. Um, and we got one in like the spring, I think it was April of last year. And then we got the second in September. So they were kind of bookend spring and fall. And so when, when September rolled around and there was nothing, then October, November, I just, you know, lost hope that we were going to do the two cycle season. And with two out to handle coming, I really didn't think they'd put two of their bigger reality shows out the same month. They're going to run right into each other. Yeah. Because I think two out to handle will wrap the week right before the circle premieres. Um, that or its finale could drop the same day of the circle. We don't know the release schedule just yet, but it's, I almost wonder if it's because of the time of year, like they know so many other networks will just be airing holiday content that they're like, let's give people a reason to come and watch us weekly with some of these reality shows that they love, because it really will help fill the gap. Like two out to handle is going to get out there before another cycle of like the bachelor, um, or anything from that franchise. So it won't be competing with anything on that. Of course, there's no seasons of like Big Brother or anything going on, so that won't be competing. And so it really is a smart strategy. And the circle will go into January, I should say, because of the weekly drop. So mm-hmm. it'll kind of bleed into the new year. And the most recent season of Love is Blind was like the most popular yet, I feel like. So maybe they're like, oh, let's just get them all out now. Keep them on the reality TV hook. Yeah. And I should mention with Two Out to Handle, it's definitely one... It's it's more of a guilty pleasure show. Sometimes I question my decision when I watch that one just because the contestants... Do you watch you, it? I do watch it, yeah. Okay, I can know. Uh, I didn't enjoy... I, I feel like... See, they, they dropped season three um, right after... It was just after like the most recent season of The Bachelor had ended. 
and I was on burnout mode at that point. Yeah, you, you I were was fatigued. Like, yeah, I was done with like bad reality show decisions on dating shows. I'm like, I, I just really did not enjoy the third season because of coming off of like a terrible season of The Bachelor. Um, so I think it's smart that they're getting ahead of the game this time and not dropping a season in the spring. Um, but having seen like the first episode of that one, I will say the cast is better this like i don't know better feels like a weird way because there's some questionable decisions making going on but they just seem more engaging i guess is the right way like you're they're not as annoying almost i guess it sounds mean <laughs> to say season three's cast annoyed me but <laughs> i mean it's all fair yeah so that i think it's it's a good combo for sure on the reality front and it gives us something different because i mean we've talked about dramas coming we've talked about comedies coming now we've got these two big reality shows coming um, it really is a nice balanced month for December. And we haven't even gotten into the movie picks, which we've got Pinocchio comes December 9th. And then the one I know I think we're both excited for, which is Glass Onion, A Knife's Out Mystery. Still not a fan of the title, but that comes <laughs> December 23rd. I don't know why they didn't, didn't call it Knife's Out 2 or something like that. <laughs> I guess we'll find out when we watch it what the Glass Onion is and what it means. <laughs> yeah, but that one, I mean, they've got a stacked cast for that. I mean, we've got Daniel Craig coming back. Then we've got Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Ahan, uh, Leslie Odom, Jessica, uh, Jessica Henwick. Madeline Klein, of course, our girl from Outer Banks. We'll, we'll definitely be watching for her alone. Uh, Kate Hudson and then Dave Bautista. And so, I mean, they put off a big cast with it moving to like the Netflix deal. But I mean, it worked because they did do the theatrical limited release on Thanksgiving. And it pulled in solid, you know, solid blockbuster weekend for them, which makes me think Netflix should probably consider doing that for some of their other big releases just to kind of recoup some money when they can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the other streamers are doing it. Why not do like a put the, some of the bigger ones in theaters? And this was like, I think this was the perfect test too, because it has so much star power. Um, probably not as much though as like Red Notice and Adam Project. They probably those were missed opportunity, they think. But I'm so excited for Knives Out too. I was a late um, addition to the Knives Out universe. Like I didn't see it right away. I saw it after the fact, and I loved it. And I think this cast is like even better. I I mean, already I love Kate Hudson. She's one of my favorite actresses. So to see her in something like this again, where she gets to be a little over the top and funny, I'm I'm so excited. And Catherine Hahn, like, come on. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm very excited for this one. I I was also late to the game. It wasn't one I went and saw in theaters. I waited kind of till it released, and then I watched it, and it was so good. I think what I love so much about the first one is so many times with the mysteries, it can be easy to predict where they're going to go. Um, and I feel like this one did a good job of balancing like plot twists and then like the actual reveal, um, which makes me excited to see like what kind of mystery they came up with for the second one. Um, but it really is, like you said, the, the cast, I, I love Kate Hudson too. She's, she's so great. And I feel like this, her character, what we've seen in like the glimpses of the trailers and all that. Seems like she's going to be a really fun character. Um, and I, I do admit, think it's I not... Even, I haven't even watched the trailer, not to interrupt you, but like that's how like on board <laughs> I am. Like I don't care what it's about. I don't even need to see a frame of it before I go into it. I know I'm watching this movie. 
the trailer it's it really is good it does a good job of so many trailers now they ruin the movies in my opinion they give too much away they either give um, too much away or they don't show anything and you're like i just watched a series of random clips what does that mean <laughs> yeah it's so hard for some of these movie franchises now to find that perfect balance of building the intrigue without giving everything away and sometimes netflix does the, does the same thing where they'll like after i watch a show back i'm like wait a minute they reveal like the big scene like i remember for lucifer for its final season, like they revealed like so many big plot points in the trailer. And of course, you don't know that when you're watching it without context. But then when you watch it back, it's like, wait a minute, why did they reveal that in the trailer when you're like watching the actual show? But the trailers, they've been really good at not giving like, I still don't know what where the end game will go. But I'm very intrigued. And the characters like from what we've met of them, these little snippets, it seems like such a fun group of characters they pulled together. Um and of course, the cast they, they pulled together for this one is going to be amazing. So you know they're just going to knock it out of the park. And I'm excited because we already know there's going to be another film in the works as part of this deal. Um, we don't know any details about like what that, but I believe the running through will just be like Daniel Craig's detective returning in each one. Um, they should do a Christmas I guess that could change. One. I just desperately want everything to be Christmas, Christmas movies. I was <laughs> <laughs> out three for Christmas. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah I also just with the box office thing too I think what was what's going to be really interesting to see is how how well received like when you get like the Netflix viewership numbers like how many people actually watch it on Netflix because um, I know there seems to be sometimes a fear with some of these when it's like original movies to do the box office is like well then will it hurt its streaming numbers but with this one I feel like because it was such a limited run like there was no I would have to drive to like a movie theater like 30 minutes out and sorry, I want to see this movie, but not that bad. And yeah, so and I, I feel like people, it was... Even if someone did see it in theaters, though, this movie has so much rewatch value because it's a mystery. Like there's some really, mm -hmm. like, you watch it and you're like, oh, maybe I'll watch it again in like three years or something. Uh, but as a mystery, like you want to see like, after you see the whole thing, you want to go back and be like, okay, what did I miss? What did I not pick up on? And there's, I think there's a difference between seeing a movie in theaters and also watching it in your own space and having the that accessibility and i think this is the a really good guinea pig to test out the like okay what are people willing to watch and where yeah and i have to say i'm actually surprised i haven't seen spoilers for this one like the people who did yeah, see it in either. theaters haven't spoiled things which has kind of been nice because i feel like so many times that's the concern too is when you have something drop so early um, I mean, because you're talking about a month out from when it'll drop on Netflix. And I haven't seen people like spoiling the ending or anything like that. So fingers crossed I didn't jinx myself and I'll go on Twitter <laughs> today and, and see like the ending revealed. But I feel like that's the nice thing is like people have been respectful of like, okay, well, we went and saw it, but let's not ruin it for everybody else. And so um, props to the Glass Onion fans for, for not spoiling <laughs> everything. <laughs> All right, before we wrap up, of course, we've got to do our monthly must-see pick, which I'm really struggling this month because there's so much I'm excited for. But my pick's probably no... No, I, it has to be The Circle. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no competition probably when I narrow it down. I've been waiting for this one every single month when they've dropped the release. I'm, like, looking and, like, scrolling through, and I'm like, wait, nope, 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 nope. And... <laughs> I really did not think we were getting it this this year. Um, I just love that show. So it's just such a fun watch. Like they do a really good job of bringing in people that um, 
aren't garbage. <laughs> like some, I love Big Brother, but so many times they get these house guests that it's like yeah. I can't root for. Like I can't enjoy the show as much because of the things they do, and they really do a good job with like getting an actually good cast. And but my second runner up would definitely be Emily in Paris. That's the other one I'm really really excited for. Of course, I think that's going to be such a fun watch and. I think everyone should go watch Emily in Paris, catch up before the season drops, and then watch a Christmas weekend. I'm my pick. It was a toss up between Firefly Lane and Emily, but I have to go with Emily because I've loved her longer. I feel like a fake fan if I pick Firefly Lane, even though I think everybody should still watch Firefly Lane. I'm just uh, Emily in Paris is my Game of Thrones. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is my show. That is what I think is the best show on television. I don't really think that. I just say it because I think it's fun to be, um, to exaggerate and make people angry. Um, but yeah, Emily, until the bitter end, she'll be my my number one draft pick. <laughs> I mean, but to be fair, she is an Emmy nominee, so we can give her and that. And don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I remember that, that just, it'll send me down the rabbit hole because I, I remember the hate that show got for its Emmy nomination. I was like, it deserves it. Like, its first season was really fun. And I thought it, it, when you look at some of the other picks, it more than earned its spot that year. Yeah. And that was fighting for rom com rights. I'm tired of people hating on rom coms. And to see her get nominated for best comedy series against whatever else was nominated that year was a huge win. Um, now it, it didn't change much because shows like this <laughs> aren't <laughs> giving more recognition. So that was like a, once in a lifetime thing i think but i mean i will say it i think shows like this deserve um recognition because it's even if they're quote-unquote guilty pleasures they still have value just because they're not like the prestige shows um doesn't mean that they're bad it's just they're cornering a different market and emily specifically corners her market amazingly yeah, I completely agree. I mean, as a fan of the superhero genre, I know that 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 struggle, <laughs> that struggle. Yes. <laughs> What's funny is that I'm almost certain the year Emily got nominated was the year that Marvel actually got. No, I think that was the same year. Maybe WandaVision got nominated in the limited series. I think that was like our was that our 2020 year where like things were a little bit like we saw shows get nominated that weren't. Or was Emily mean? the year before? You know, now I can't remember what the time how the timing shook out, but. But yeah, that's yeah. There was a year where they were like, "I don't care. Everyone's nominated." <laughs> <laughs> it was to me. It was the year where the shows that we all love actually got not that the shows that get nominated like aren't, but it was the shows that everybody was talking like when you look at the viewership numbers, mm -hmm. they were the shows that people were watching like in the biggest audience waves. And to me, it's like I feel like we need to see more of those shows because that's what draws people to the like to want to watch the award shows is to see like, oh, I love this show. Will my cast get nominated? And I feel like so many times it's just the same cast, like, again and again. Now, I will say this this year's Emmys were, I loved so many surprises. We had Jennifer Coolidge, of course, got her win for The White Lotus, well-deserved. The Abbott cast got nomination or got wins and definitely love to see them clean up and, and take home so many awards because I was late to that game, but I love that show. I've been to it so quickly once I caught up, which you told me you were ahead of the game. You told me I'd love it. I just... I, I dragged my feet like playing catch up on it and then I binged it so quickly um, and now I'm on the struggle of having to wait for the weekly episodes because I just want to keep like binging them. I, 
I actually think that's the best show on TV. Like, if I'm being serious, <laughs> <laughs> Abbott Elementary is the best show on television. Quickly followed behind by Emily in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with either of those two shows, in my opinion. So um, before we before we wrap up, um, I do want to give a shout out just to some other notable additions coming across December. If you're looking for some alternatives, maybe, you know, outside of the ones we've discussed, we've got Last Chance You, Basketball Season 2, Sonic Prime is coming, uh, 21 Jump Street, the movie, not the show. Uh, Love Island USA season three is coming. We've also got a couple of uh, CBS shows. We've got Big Brother seasons four and four, uh, season ten and fourteen, <laughs> which I don't understand how they're picking some of these seasons. Those are the um, Dan seasons. I was gonna say, yep, yeah, those I don't are the know two if Dan seasons. There's a correlation, but yeah, we've also got the Amazing Race seasons seventeen and thirty-one, uh, The Hills season one and two, and then Bullet Train is also coming. Um, while we're talking about Big Brother, just quickly, I have to give a shout out. Can we get the Janelle seasons? Is that a possibility? Netflix, let's get the Ironically, <laughs> I think The Amazing Race season 31 is Janelle's season. So there's that. Janelle is in 14, though, right? As a coach? Or am I, or am I wrong? No, that's, yeah, that's. Is that that season? I, actually, I think it might it might be. Give us the other Janelle seasons, then, is my, <laughs> my plea. <laughs> season 14 was good. It had Janelle, Brittany, Dan was mm-hmm. Boogie, Boogie was the other one. Yeah. No comment. Yeah, that one. I, <laughs> I still haven't forgiven CBS for Big Brother All Stars season two, how that one went because I did not mess. Yeah, not a fan. Um, I wonder if we'll ever get like the Circle All Stars or like Too Hot to Handle All Star seasons. They should just like put everybody from each show into like a, like they do the challenge. They pick like every reality show contestant from like eight different shows they should do like a netflix reality star something i don't know i don't have the idea but there's it's it's there the challenge netflix edition we're just doing <laughs> why not <laughs> um and on that note um because i can go down the spiral of talking reality tv too too long <laughs> Uh, I will say thank you, Reed, as always, for joining. It's been such a fun conversation. I know we had a lot of favorite shows to talk about. Um, and I, I always enjoy catching up and getting to talk Netflix with you. Same. Um, and with that, that's all we have uh, for today. I hope everyone has a great holiday season and we will see you in the new year. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 